This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. I've been preparing for this all my life. Here's Porter on hard and taking him to school. What a great play by Jay Shante. KJ Martin climbed Bobon Mountain. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. And you've seen tonight that we, we fought together, we stayed together, and it's about damn time, man. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. So today we're going to go over five things, five things, five things. There we go. Got to get my hand right on the camera. Five things that we learned about the Houston Rockets during Las Vegas Summer League 2021. Now, the very first direction that I want to go with this is we got to start with Jalen Green, because who else would we start with? And I think the main thing that stood out to me about Jalen Green was his gravity. And there's a lot of different directions that I could have gone with this. You know, his passing was kind of a standout. You know, his his ability and willingness to pass uh, definitely stood out. His eagerness defensively, even though there were some possessions where, you know, because of his frame, because he doesn't have quite the right defensive instincts yet, right, that he got, you know, I don't want to say taken advantage of defensively, but, you know, the eagerness, the willingness is there, right? And that's a good sign, right? That's only going to get better with time as long as he actively tries on that end of the basketball court. But truly, the number one area that stood out to me for Jalen Green was his gravity. And it was really on display in the Rockets-Pistons game, but I think we saw it throughout the, the two and a half uh, games that we got to see Jalen Green actually play, is him being out there makes things infinitely easier for the other guys on the court, right? Because the defense has to be geared to try and stop him. I mean, shoot, we saw the Pistons throwing double teams at Jalen Green in a summer league game, right? Just ridiculous levels of of trying to slow down one man on the basketball court. And him utilizing that level of attention from opposing defenses and knowing how to collapse the defense, how to make those extra reads, how to make the right passes out of certain traps, those kinds of things, those are the things that he's going to learn as he gets to the NBA level and as he deals with, on a nightly basis, opposing defenses game planning explicitly just for him, right? Because he's going to get to the NBA level and opposing defenses are going to say, you know what, our number one goal, we're going to make Jalen Green, we're going to take Jalen Green out of the game. We're going to make everybody else on that roster beat us that's not named Jalen Green. And that's okay as long as, the Rockets understand it as long as Green understands how to use his gravity to his advantage to create easy opportunities for his teammates or to just, again, soak in the defense, right? If he's running off ball screens, that kind of thing, operating off ball, and the defense is heavily focused on him, then it's going to open things up for other guys. It's going to open up driving lanes. It's going to open up potential plays, that kind of stuff. So I really was impressed by that. And again, in the Pistons game, it was his ability to have both to to both operate with the ball in his hands, but also to shift and operate off ball, because that was a bit of a concern coming in was how was Jalen Green going to look operating off ball? And it looked just fine to me, honestly. 
And so knowing that he's comfortable with the ball in his hands, creating for himself, creating for teammates, still want to see him get a little bit more comfortable in the pick and roll. That level of gravity that he has, the level of focus and attention that defenses spend on him is going to create opportunities for his teammates. And then by extension, when he's operating off ball, same thing. Defenses are going to be so keyed on what he's doing that as soon as he receives the pass, defenses are going to collapse on him, right? Whether he's curling around a screen, whether he's you know coming off a dribble handoff, something like that. Everybody's going to be so focused on him that it's going to create easy little dump off opportunities for guys like Christian Wood, Alperin Shingoon, Daniel Tice, whoever, right? The bigs are going to feast as long as Jalen Green understands that the defense is going to be geared towards stopping him pretty much on a nightly basis. So that was my number one takeaway was Jalen Green's gravity and just, again, overall, I think in just two and a half games that we saw from Jalen Green, I can comfortably say he's this kid's going to be a star in the league, right? He plays with such a poise and fluidity in his game, and there's like a smoothness to it and how easy things look like they come to him, even though it looks incredibly difficult with him on the court. It looks like it comes easy and natural to him. There's just that certain level of of that it factor that Jalen Green has. And that's something that we talked about leading up to and including the draft, right, was, you know, Jalen Green just feels like he has that it factor, that it mentality. And it was definitely on display through the two and a half games that we got to see out of him in Las Vegas Summer League. Coming up, I want to talk about Alper and Shingun as well as Josh Christopher. Two things that we learned about them. We'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at Bet Online. Because look, it's that time of year again, and all the eyes are now turning towards football as teams are back on the gridiron to start football season. At all, as always, Bet Online has you covered for all the news, odds, and info that you could ever imagine for pro and college football action this season. Get all of your updated odds. Head over to their website and use the sign-up code Locked On today to receive a 100% welcome bonus. So not a 50% welcome bonus, a 100% welcome bonus when you use promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N over at BetOnline.ag. They got you for football. They got you for basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino. Games. So don't wait. Be sure to take advantage of this really amazing offer from Bet Online available for the 2021 season. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And continuing on here over at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Continuing on with five things we learned about the Houston Rockets during Las Vegas Summer League 2021. And the second thing that we learned was Alperin Shingun's defense. Now, coming in, right, we had an understanding, an idea, looking at some tapes, some films, some footage about what Alperin Shingun was going to be at the NBA level, his offensive repertoire, how polished he was on that end of the basketball court. But the biggest question mark for him, the biggest concern coming in was going to be what does his defense look like? And I think above all else, right, there were there were multiple surprises that we got throughout Summer League, but I think for me... Alperin Shingun's defense was right up there, either number one or the number two biggest surprise for the Houston Rockets in their summer league uh, campaign. Because frankly, we didn't expect Alperin Shingun to be a solid defensive player. But he steps out there and in his very first game shows the ability to contest shots, the ability to stick with guards and smaller players on the perimeter, the ability to move his feet very well, the ability to stay vertical when he's contesting shots. Truly, his feel of the game and then his rebounding, which has been absolutely insane on both sides of the court, defensively and offensively, his feel for the game and his timing 
is just at another level compared to guys his age. And that comes from his experience playing in the Turkish National League, right? Being the Turkish League MVP, having that level of playing against other legitimate pros and getting those reps in at that level sets him apart, right? Coach Will Weaver mentioned in one of his post-game media availabilities that Jalen Green and Alperin Shingun, this isn't their first test against other pros, right? They're, they have had, they have played against professional basketball players over this last season, Jalen Green in the G League, Alperin Shingun in the Turkish League. So that, that kind of gives them a, an edge over some of their competition that they're playing against in summer league. But still, the skills that were on display for Shingun, the fundamentals that he has already locked in place defensively and when it comes to rebounding are entirely too promising. Again, there's a reason that we're incredibly high on Alperin Shingun and what he's going to bring to the table uh, once he makes it to the NBA level and once we see him you know, suited up in a real Rockets jersey, not just a summer league Rockets jersey. It's all those little things that he does, right? And again, the part that really stands out to me is defensively, when he's securing some of these blocked shots, when he's contesting you know, these, these drives at the rim, these attempts right at the cup, he's not the most athletic guy. So it's all about the timing for Shingun, right? The fact that he elevates and jumps at exactly the right moment to be able to secure these blocked shots, to be able to contest shots at the rim. The fact that he stays straight up and down. When he jumps, he doesn't jump and then his hands, you know, hammer down on the opposing player, which is such an, you know, a natural reaction to have if you've got somebody like driving right into your chest, right? Your hands are going to want to come crashing down. Shingun does an incredible job of staying just vertical all the way up and down and making life very difficult for these players to hit shots. So his ability to kind of anchor the defense a little bit in summer league as the only true five that the Rockets had in summer league. They were running Matthew Hurt at the five spot a little bit, but Matthew Hurt's definitely not a five, and Matthew Hurt definitely disappointed a little bit in summer league. Didn't really stand out whatsoever, unfortunately, for the Houston Rockets. He's still on a two-way deal, so we'll see what happens there. But back to Shingoon, his ability to kind of anchor the defense in the paint and contest shots at the rim, but again, as well as his ability to be not you know, to to not be a weak link in the defense and to get eaten up on switches, right? That was going to be the biggest concern. Even even less so than just, okay, how's he going to look when he's, you know, actually in the paint in, in his element as a big, right? Is what's he going to look like when he gets put out there on the perimeter? Is he going to look like Ryan Anderson getting cooked by Steph Curry? Like, what's what's the deal out there on the perimeter? And honestly, he did a great job, right? The, the coaching staff commended him on his ability to recover, to close space, to get back out to those perimeter players. He does a great job of distancing himself just enough to where he doesn't give up too much ground on the drive, but to where there's just enough space that he can recover in time if a shot is pulled. And we've even seen him block a couple shots out on the perimeter as he's giving up that, that large amount of space between him and the perimeter player. And then they decide to pull up for a shot and he's able to close that gap very quickly and then kind of block the shot with his forearm or just, you know, his wrist or his fingertips or something. Right. So that was very, very, that was great to see out of Alper and Shingun. I lost, I lost my train of thought there for two seconds, but that was my standout for him. I'm glad we got to see that on display out of Alper and Shingun. Next guy, next thing that we learned about was a guy named Josh Christopher, who honestly, steal of the draft, steal of the first round, maybe, maybe not steal of the draft, but steal of the first round because of the Rockets for draftees, I think Josh Christopher is probably 
the most well-rounded. And I know that's a that might be a stretch because you look at exactly what Jalen Green does on the basketball court and you're like, how can you say Josh Christopher's most well-rounded player? Um, I, I think that everything that he brings to the table, the one question is his shot, right? And unfortunately, I went back and looked at the numbers. It don't look great. Josh Christopher shot 18% from behind the arc in summer league. Not a great look. Um, also shot just under 40% from the floor. But as we were doing, you know, for each and each and every one of these summer league games and kind of looking at his stats on an individual game by game basis, the thing that really stood out is he is comfortable shooting the ball within the arc, right? He's comfortable at the rim. He's comfortable finishing around the rim. He's even comfortable with his little mid-range jumpers, right? The turnaround fadeaway, the little step backs that he has when he pulls up in the mid-range. All of that. He's comfortable inside the arc, and he has shot a pretty solid percentage inside the arc. It's his three-point shooting that has absolutely tanked his efficiency numbers, unfortunately, throughout the five games that he played in Summer League. But that final game that we saw to Josh Christopher, we saw a really well-balanced game, only the one turnover. He played his role perfectly. He kept feeding Armani Brooks. He looked good as the primary ball handler out on the floor. And I truly think that... Josh Christopher, once he gets that shot figured out, he has a really promising career as an NBA player. Anybody that with that build, that body, that body type where he uses it offensively to just knock people away and get easy shots, right? He bulldozes people offensively and then defensively having that type of body type leads to so many advantages because he's got the speed and the quickness to stick with guards, but he's going to have the upper body strength and just the, the overall body strength to bang with some threes and maybe even some fours at time. He's got a very... Again, I comped him to David Nwaba a little bit body type wise because he's only about 10 pounds lighter than David Nwaba right now and he's only 19. So get him into an NBA weight room program for the next two to three years and let's see exactly where he's at, right? He might lose a little bit of that speed, a little bit of that agility on the perimeter, but to be that strong and to be about that, you know, 6'5 height like David Nwaba and be able to really use your body strength to go against some bigger players and cause mismatches to where you might be able to slot him at the three or the four. And then how are those bigger, slower guys going to guard him on the other end? They can't, right? So Josh Christopher, I Again, I came away with every single day, every single post-game interview from Josh Christopher. I fell more and more in love with what he was doing, what he was trying to accomplish out there. And I really think that the Rockets got an absolute steal with him at pick number 24. So coming up, I got two more things that we learned about the Houston Rockets in Vegas Summer League. And we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at rockauto.com. Because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's basically impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the different parts that your car or truck would need why would you bother driving down to the local shop you're like hey i need this part for my car and they're just like yeah we don't even carry that in store you gotta we gotta order it and it's gonna take weeks to get here all that stuff just visit rockauto.com they've got all the different parts that you need for your car or truck they've got the brands and specifications right there at your fingertips and the best part is their catalog it's so easy to navigate you can quickly find any single part that you need for your car or truck in a matter of minutes why would you want to spend up to 30, 50, or even 100% more at other stores, you know, going in person, taking the time out of your day to do all that, when you've got rockauto.com right there at your fingertips? Check out their website. Check out their catalog. It's so easy to navigate. And when you're checking out, when you finally, like, you found the part that you need, hit the checkout, you know, 
shopping cart icon in the top right, be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Be sure to visit rockauto.com. And another message from our friends over at Built Bar. Because protein bars, you know, they they used to be kind of a chore, right? Like, I had never had a protein bar that I actually enjoyed eating until I was introduced to Built Bar. Every single bar on their menu, first off, they got this, they got the wildest menu ever because it doesn't even sound like you're talking about protein bars. They got raspberry, mint chocolate brownie, cookies and cream, German chocolate, salted caramel, my personal favorite, coconut brownie chunk. Cannot go wrong with a single bar on their menu. Every single one of their bars is low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great if you're on a keto diet. They're they're basically candy bars that are jam-packed with protein. I look forward to being able to eat my my built bars, right? There's not there, there hasn't been a single other protein bar that I've ever tried where I'm just like, oh man, I can't really wait to like tear into this. No. Built Bars taste delicious, and they're hitting you with all the things that you want out of a protein bar. Again, because it's basically a candy bar that's jam-packed with protein. They've got all the different amazing flavors to check out, and you can check out their website and check out what flavors you want to maybe try out, all that stuff. Just visit BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your very next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Quick reminder, quick announcement or announcement reminder announcement. Um, We're going to be doing a mailbag episode for this upcoming Monday show. So I'll put the word out there on the Twitter streets, probably like Sunday morning, Saturday night, give or take. So if you've got questions, all that stuff, if you want to, you know, drop me a line, do anything like that. Hit me on the Twitter sphere sometime on Sunday. Drop your question. Drop your response there. Or if you want to include a question for the mailbag segment, you can include it in the comments of this video, and I'll be sure to track all of those down as well. But our final two things that we learned about the Houston Rockets during Las Vegas Summer League 2021, and the first of which that I want to get to is Usman Garuba's passing, right? Talked about this a little bit already, but it's really the thing that has stood out to me because, again, I'm kind of what what I'm kind of getting at with some of the with with these five things that we've learned are kind of surprises, not necessarily things that we've already known, but things that have really stood out about the Rockets draftees and the direction that the team is headed and what we learned about each of these individual players throughout summer league. So with Usman Garuba, we knew coming in that he was supposed to be a defensive stalwart, that he was going to be an incredibly versatile defender, that he was going to be able to guard, you know, guard out on the perimeter, guard in the paint, that he's, you know, a shot blocking machine, incredibly versatile guy. Uh, Rafael Stone calling him the best defender in the world outside of the NBA, right? High praise from the Rockets general manager. So I was still I was very impressed with Usman Garuba, especially in that final game against the Trailblazers. I felt like he was everywhere in that game. And it really felt like he started to kind of come into his own. And I feel like we would have gotten a couple more games like that had he been here from the jump in Summer League as opposed to being thrown into the fire in Game 3, jet lagged, tired, you know, just flew over from overseas, all that stuff, right? A lot of th- a lot of different things that he was dealing with. But it finally felt like he was just acclimated in that uh, fi- fifth and final Summer League game for the Houston Rockets. So, for me... In that game, and even in the you know game prior, his passing is something that really stood out, and his ability to survey the floor and make the right read and not panic as a big. Something you see out of a lot of bigs at the NBA level, for whatever reason, is they don't have the patience to make the right read at times offensively. 
And that can lead to turnovers. It can lead to rushed shot attempts. Sometimes you see the decision-making when they come down with an offensive rebound and they spend, you know, five to six seconds trying to put the ball back up for a putback opportunity instead of just kicking it out to one of, you know, two or three or four open shooters around the three-point line. And I think with Usman Gruba, what we saw out of him is his ability to read and react appropriately to what defenses were doing, especially when the Blazers are running that zone. And I think that's what provides a lot of promise for Usman Garuba, both in situations like that where you're trying to, you know, bust down or, you know, break down a zone defense and you've got the, you know, the middle of the floor wide open and you've got to collapse the defense in first to then kick it out to a wide open shooter. He did an excellent job doing that, found Armani Brooks a couple different times. It was great. But that ability to find the open man in the uh, when he's got the, you know, the middle of the court open leads me to believe that. I'm I'm hopeful, cautiously optimistic that as he gets more reps as a role man in pick and roll scenario, he'll be able to make the right decision coming out of the role as to whether he's going to finish at the rim, right? Take a dribble or two and finish at the rim, catch the ball for an opportunity, either a lob or just you know an attempt right at the rim with no dribbling involved, or catches the ball, reads what the defense is doing, sees that there's a help defender coming over from the corner or they're collapsing in from the wing, whatever it may be, and kicks it out to the open man. Because I think that's an area where when you've got guys like Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, John Wall to a lesser extent, guys like that who can operate so... who should be able to operate so effectively in the pick and roll. Those guys are going to draw a lot of attention off of Usman Garuba. Usman Garuba is going to roll hard to the rim. And then as he's rolling, it's going to collapse the defense elsewhere. And so he needs to be able to make that secondary read and kick it out to the open man in those scenarios. And so his passing that was on display is what stood out to me throughout the couple games that we saw where he wasn't, you know, ridiculously jet lagged. The defense was incredible as well. But that was the area that we kind of expected coming in, right? There was an expectation for him to be solid defensively. There wasn't necessarily an expectation for him to come in and show some Draymond Green-esque passing ability. Again, I still think that's probably a, a reach as far as a comp. But we saw we saw uh, Usma Garuba and Armani Brooks doing their best Draymond Green-Steph Curry impersonation against the Trailblazers. So maybe it is an accurate comp. I don't know. Um, which brings us to our final thing that we learned in Las Vegas Summer League. Armani Brooks deserves a spot on this Houston Rockets roster. I firmly believe that. And I fir- I kind of, I, I believe that going into Summer League, right? And I was kind of like tiptoeing around it when the Rockets filled up all their roster spots. I was sitting here thinking, man, it's really tough that Armani's not going to get a spot. But I really think that with his shooting form, with his poise, with, Everything that we've seen out of him, both at the tail end of last season, now in summer league, he deserves a roster spot because this team desperately needs shooting. And to be able to slot in a guy like that who can come off the bench absolutely cold and be a microwave scorer and be an option, be a target to facilitate for, for guys like Kevin Porter, like Jalen Green, like Jay Shante, like Christian Wood. Somebody that you can just park on the perimeter and say, hey, you're going to go spot up in that corner or, hey, you're going to go run around 17 different screens and we're going to try and get you open, right? Or, hey, you're just going to go do some dribble handoff with Christian Wood or Alper and Shingun. And if you've got the shot, pull it, right? Ultimate green light. The Rockets need a guy like that. I really feel like they do. And even though his minutes are going to be 
staggered behind a plethora of other different guards. I'd rather they lock him down now, even if it's a, you know, even if it's a non-guaranteed deal, right? I'd rather they find a way to lock him down now so that he doesn't go and get picked up by another team and we watch his career flourish as an NBA shooter because there's also more to his game than just the shooting, right? We saw a little bit on that, uh, a little bit on display, the tail end of last season, his ability to put the ball on the floor at times, his cutting ability. He's got good defensive instincts, um, and I think they're going to get better with time at the NBA level. But with Armani, I'd hate to see him go to another organization and flourish there just because the Rockets are, you know, have this weird mix of all the rookies that they just brought in, all the different young guys. And then at the same time, they've got this weird mix of veterans on the roster as well. The problem is they're, they're capped out, right? 15-man roster. So where do you make the – where do you – make the sacrifice, who do you move to open up a spot for Armani Brooks? Because as it stands right now, they've still got the one two-way spot left. But I really highly doubt that we won't see another team take a shot at Armani Brooks. I really do. And I think I think we're going to see, we've still got six weeks between now and preseason. So between that time, between now and preseason, guys who maybe missed out on some free agents that they were targeting, teams who are looking to round out their rosters who are sitting at you know, 13, 14 guys right now, I feel like they're going to start taking a look. They're going to pour over the, the summer league footage, and they're going to go back and look at footage from last season. And I think somebody's going to throw an offer at Armani Brooks. And the Rockets have the right to match said offer. But they can only do that if they clear a roster spot. And so to me, I think that if you're looking at guys on this current roster, we've talked about these three names quite a bit. John Wall, damn near impossible to move. Eric Gordon, much more of a feasible commodity that you could move in a trade. Although the idea of moving Eric Gordon and not bringing back, you know, at least one body or multiple bodies that you would have to keep on the roster, bit tougher to facilitate. Maybe you bring back some guys that you could waive. Maybe you reroute them in a, to a third team in, you know, in, in a restructuring of said deal instead of it being a one-for-one, one, something along those lines, right? But then the last guy, right, Daniel House Jr. Daniel House Jr. is still a 3-and-D wing that any team would love to have as like an eighth or a ninth man on the roster or even a, you know, a seventh man, right? He's a, star, he's a starting caliber 3-and-D wing. You know, For all the flack that Rockets fans like to give him, He's still a starting caliber 3 and D wing, and he'd be a great asset for any team looking to make a playoff push, looking to make a little bit of noise, that kind of thing, and could probably be had for like a second rounder or something like that. Because when you look at the number of guys that are ahead of him in the rotation at the 3 and 4 spot, likely starting Christian Wood at the 4, likely getting you know some minutes for K.J. Martin and Jay Sean Tate at the four spot as well. And then at the three spot, again, Jay Sean Tate, K.J. Martin, David Nwaba as well. Guys who are all probably ahead of Daniel House Jr. in the rotation. Maybe you make the argument Daniel House Jr. is ahead of David Nwaba, what have you. But I think he's probably the easiest guy that you can move if the Rockets needed to clear up a roster spot to match a contract offer for Armani Brooks. But that's my main takeaway there is Armani deserves a roster spot, and I hope it's with the Houston Rockets. But for today's show, those are our, those are my five takeaways from Summer League. What are some of your takeaways from Summer League? If you've got takeaways, drop them in the comments section. Hit me on Twitter. Let me know what your thoughts are on what the Rockets accomplished or didn't accomplish in Summer League, what you're looking forward to, what you want to see more of, all of that stuff. But for today's episode, 
That's going to do it. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to the brand new YouTube channel. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app. We would sincerely appreciate it. As always, thank you so much for watching, for listening, and we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.